Well, hello there. It's good to see you again, and welcome back to Your Money and a Cup of Joe. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. It's great to be back with you today. And as always, we have Mr. Joe Kaleo, the star of our show from Kaleo Wealth Management Group, joining us in just a moment. And we're going to be unpacking a new wealth management topic here on the show today. And it's a topic that not a lot of us like to think about and talk about, but boy, is it important to address. So before I bring Joe up, I want to frame things up for us. And let's face it, many of us are, we're getting older and we're going to age faster, you know, as we get older. And when that happens, we can often experience, you know, cognitive decline. Now it can be minor in some instances, but other times it could be major. And today, Joe and I are going to be looking at a, a few different strategies and a few different solutions to potentially safeguard your assets from any wealth destroying mental mistakes that you might make before you know, that time could come. So we're going to be taking a look at what some of these mistakes are and how you can mitigate them. You know, really, at the end of the day, we're giving you smart money moves to make while you're still mentally sharp. So with that being said, let's go ahead and bring Joe on and get right into it. Joe, it's good to see you. How are you doing today? Ryan, you're looking great. Good to see you. Glad we're here. Let's dig <laughs> well, into it, man. Well, thank you, sir. Yes, let's get right into it. This is a really good topic, and uh, you had just mentioned before we, we got on here that this is a conversation that's popping up a lot with you and your clients of late. So, Joe, let's start high level like we typically like to do. Uh, you know, let's face it, it's tough to admit it, but <laughs> we're getting older, and a lot of people tend to lose their ability to make well-informed decisions as they age and experience some cognitive decline. Talk to me about this, just from your eyes. Yeah, Ryan, I mean, none of us like to think about losing our mental edge or aging, which we're doing every day, but it is something we have to consider. And we do with our clients every day. And commonly, people experience kind of that degradation of financial decision-making abilities and mental sharpness beginning sometime in their 60s and 70s and sometime sooner. Well, when you consider that there are some 10,000 people turning 65 every day and all baby boomers will hit that age by 2030, I mean, the issue of cognitive decline and its potential impact on their wealth is a serious one, and it's one we have to contend with and deal with. Yeah. So Joe, in your experiences, have you personally seen, you know, what that loss of, of mental sharpness can mean when it comes to some, you know, making decisions about wealth and those sensitive financial matters? Yes. Ryan, it often not only impacts the person who has the wealth, but a spouse, family members, and more, right? And so let's dig into this a little bit. Academic research tells us, and it reveals that our ability to be good stewards of our wealth is going to decline when we hit our 60s and 70s. For example, financial literacy scores decline consistently after age 60, and it's kind of at an annual rate decline of being both significant and similar to among all cohorts that were studied. In this case, they studied men, stock owners, and people with a college degree. Financial decision-making peaks for most people in their early to mid-50s. So while investing skills can start to decline, it may happen more sharply in their 60s and 70s. Bankruptcy filings rose fastest among those 65 and older. And that was kind of surprising. And then even mild declines in cognitive performance reveal evidence of diminished financial capabilities. So these are all important things we've got to keep in mind. So Joe, in with those in mind, what can people do to potentially mitigate the risk that exists out there of making those mental errors that could impact their financial health when 
uh, let's face it, sometimes it matters most at the, you know, towards the end of our lives. What could they be doing? Yeah. One financial key is to start as early as you can. And the ideal time to start thinking about it is how to protect your assets from the impact of cognitive decline. That's well in advance of when the need arises. Based on that data that we just talked about, that could mean as early as late 40s or early 50s for most of us. And people think, whoa, 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 that's way too early. I don't want to get somebody else involved. But at least you start thinking about who do you want to get involved? Because if you come down with dementia or some other type of cognitive health crisis, that has serious implications and can impact how you make some of those decisions right there. The fact is you can't make a legally binding will or set up some other legal documents like a power of attorney and trust unless you're considered to be of sound mind. Of sound mind is an important legal term. And it essentially means you understand the consequences of your decision and you can act on your own free will. Now, if you wait until cognitive decline has clearly taken root, your ability to put those legal documents and strategies in place, they may be denied. Sure. Yeah. And that's the last thing you want to face. So on the flip side, though, Joe, for those that are getting started, hopefully on that earlier side, like you mentioned, what would you say some are some of those preliminary steps that people should be considering? I think a couple of things. Simplify your life and have a backup plan, right? So it can be easier to keep track of your finances by consolidating accounts under one roof. So for example, you might place all or most of your investments under one trusted advisor or merge multiple bank accounts into one. Think of that as clutter reduction, right? Certainly that's important. And not only can it help you, but it also can help another person, say a family member or an advisor who might need to step in to assist you down the road. And that's the second part, right? Another way is to consider simplifying the life to emphasize investments and other financial solutions that are relatively straightforward and easy to understand. So as our ability to make complex decisions tends to fade as we age. So that way, if you can put it all in one place and simplify, it'll be better off for you. I like that. I mean, that's an easy one to digest there, Joe. But And, and I want to circle back. You mentioned family members and advisors just now. How important would you say is it to be open, honestly, is I think the best word here, just open with them about your financial situation? You know, when during this critical time when an issue of cognitive decline could be on the horizon, whether it is or isn't, we don't know, but how, how important would you say it is to just be open with those trusted advisors and family? Brian, it's incredibly important and getting them started is often the hardest part because they're afraid that they have to share everything right away and they don't, right? Let's just get them to have some conversation about what needs to happen at some point. So you really need to have those clarifying conversations. Sit down with those people that you'd want to help you navigate through life if your capacity were to be diminished. You do want to identify who's going to help you make sensible financial, healthcare, and potentially other decisions if serious mental or physical issues pop up. You do want to discuss your wants and needs and values with those people. So if your future caregivers and decision makers know today about your goals, as well as how you want to be helped in the future, they can prepare themselves to honor your wishes. And then finally, as you dive deeper into each topic, whether it's health or financial or more, coming up with a caretaking plan that spells out when you want a family member 
or advisor or other trusted person to take the reins. So it's a good time to open up and just share some aspects of your financial situation, the strategies and the plans with your heirs. And that way they understand the thinking behind key financial decisions you've made to date. You might then consider allowing them to monitor some or all of your accounts through a financial portal so they can be watchful for transfers or withdrawals that look suspicious. Ryan, let me add one more point to that part as well. In our time in doing this, we've even seen where a family member or a client thought they thought, yes, I want this family member, but then even they had concerns about that original family member. And we indoctrinated them early and saw the concerns that they had about that person would get involved and were able to switch gears. So having that conversation early can vet out concerns, not only for the client, but for the future as well. I, I like that, Joe. That's a really good point there. Let's switch gears now. Let's talk about the legalities because that's really what, what it all comes down to at the end of the day. What types of formal documents, legal documents, and steps uh, should people be considering on this front? Yeah, I think this is where intentions meet up with execution, right? And you want to set up those important legal documents and or review existing ones. And some of the key documents you want to consider having in place in the event that you experience serious physical or cognitive decline are obvious. And a will, for example, is certainly one of them. And Ryan, we've talked about this before with stress testing. It never hurts or, or a second opinion. Have someone review the will. Make sure it's up to date and still is executing based upon today's laws and standards based upon what you want. But others are often overlooked or never updated including, for example, durable power of attorney for your finances, which we try to put in place with every client that comes in. We want to have that backup plan. And this, in this case, the power of attorney allows you to appoint one or more people to manage your financial assets if necessary. Without a durable power of attorney, no one can legally handle key financial decision-making duties like paying bills or making decisions about investment accounts. Instead, your family would have to go through a lengthy and perhaps expensive court process. So that's one. Healthcare directives is another. So these documents obviously spell out clear directions to family members and physicians about preferred health decisions and related matters, effectively removing family from having to make life or death choices especially without any guidance. And that can be very tough for a family member to try and make that decision, right? So one example could be a living will, and that formalizes your wishes for end-of-life care, whether it's surgery, ventilators, feeding tubes, and the like. Another is healthcare power of attorney. That gives someone of your choosing the authority to access your medical records and make medical decisions on your behalf if you're unable to do so. And then there's also living trusts. A revocable living trust can allow you to name a successor trustee who can take control of the assets in the trust if you become mentally or physically incapacitated. The trustee can invest the assets as well as distribute money from the trust to benefit you as the grantor or potentially other beneficiaries such as members of your family. Oh, Joe, these are all really, really beneficial things to be talking about and implementing when you are faced with this part of your life. But Joe, 
just as important as some of the strategies and solutions that we do talk about. I mean, we should flip the script and look at the mistakes that people make because there's value in looking at those as well. So Joe, on the mistake front, do you see any you know mistakes that are being made or, or things that are getting overlooked or not implemented correctly when it comes to this idea of, of smart money moves they can make while they're still you know mentally sharp? Yeah, Ryan, I think some people call it a mistake. Others just say, can we simplify it? And a simple way to do it is, but it's an important one, is don't ignore the ability to compile your key documents and other important financial information so someone can access them easily after you have gone, right? So if someone were to eventually need to help make financial decisions on your behalf, it's best to make it easy for them to step into that role. And to that end, start compiling a comprehensive inventory of your key financial information. So tell someone you trust, ideally the person who's on board with helping you if needed, be it a family member, a friend, or an attorney, the location of that paperwork or digital file or other details. Now, there is specific information you want to compile, and it will depend on the details of your financial situation. But it could easily include, and if you've got a pen and paper handy, Let's go through the bullet points, right? Your assets. For example, details of checking accounts, investment accounts, annuities, IRAs, 401ks, business interests, real estate. So assets right off the top. Beneficiary designations on qualified plans and IRAs. Who's that money going to? How about a list of your liabilities, such as mortgages, credit cards, any recurring expenses? Life insurance would be helpful, long-term care insurance, disability insurance, and other insurance policies, uh, policies, including maybe your homeowner's insurance. Contact information for key people and advisors, including your accountant, wealth manager, attorney, physician, all very important. How about digital information? How about the IDs and passwords and PINs? for any financial related websites that you may have accounts with, plus anything else that may go on. And then finally, how about your most up-to-date will with the original signature, durable power of attorney, your deed for the house, your car title, and any safety deposit boxes and keys. Those are things that people, and how many times do we deal with beneficiaries from clients who've passed on and they're like, they never put it all together and it's two months later and they're still trying to sort through everything that they're trying to find. Yeah, that's a good list right there. Uh, hopefully you did have a pen and paper. If not, go ahead and rewind and just check that back out. It's a good list there, Joe. Uh, but uh, Joe, from what I'm gathering, you know, as we're bringing our conversation to a head, there's good news here. And the good news is that there is a lot that can be done right away. You don't have to wait right away. You know, that can potentially set somebody up for success in the event that they do experience that cognitive decline down the road. Uh, you know, it's, it's nice to know that options exist and they can jump in right away. Joe, any final thoughts on this matter? Yeah, I know it's not easy thinking about cognitive decline and the end of life, Ryan, but it is. You're right. It's absolutely important. If you can take a few steps, it does help so much along the way. It is an unpleasant truth that we're going to suffer some form of decline at some point. But by being honest with ourselves about this possible outcome and then taking those steps, it's aimed at minimizing the potential for making both mistakes while you're able to make the decisions, as well as working in partnership 
with family or trusted advisors to do so later on. And that's what we help to do is to help to seek to protect those assets that you've worked so hard to build up and, and grow throughout your lifetime. Of course. And Joe, for anybody out there that's that's tuning in today, if they're interested in maybe opening up a dialogue with you and your team to talk about this process, or maybe they've just got questions about different steps that they could be implementing for them to set themselves up for success, what would be the best way they could get in touch with you and your team? Yeah, shoot us an email at Kaleo Wealth Management or give us a phone call. We're happy to help, have no cost for conversation, happy to give a second opinion or even do a stress test along the way. Fantastic. Well, Joe, look, I know you got a lot of clients to take care of. We'll let you get back to doing that, but I appreciate you carving some time out of your day to, to dive into this idea of, of these smart money moves you can make while you're still mentally sharp. I think it's a lot of good information and, uh, you know, hopefully for a lot of those out there, they'll be able to take some value away from today's episode. Ryan, great to see you. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely, Joe. And hey, look, as always, we want to take one final moment and thank you guys, our audience, for spending some time with us and being on the show today. If you enjoyed today's conversation or you took anything away from it, go ahead and subscribe to the show on whichever platform you check this out on today. That way you'll never miss out on a future conversation that could potentially be beneficial for you and yours. You know, I've said this before, I'll continue to say it. We're diving into the strategies, the solutions, the conversations that Joe is having with his you know, client base as well as his team over at the Kaleo Wealth Management Group. And we're bringing those topics right here to you guys on this show. So for Joe, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long, but we appreciate you stopping by and spending some time with us here on Your Money and a Cup of Joe. This presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. The views and opinions expressed may not be those of UBS Financial Services Incorporated. UBS Financial Services Incorporated does not verify and does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information presented. This material is made available for use by CEG. Neither UBS Financial Services Incorporated nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services Incorporated offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC registered broker dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services Incorporated is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA, member SIPC. Joe Kaleo at Kaleo Wealth Management Group, UBS Financial Services Incorporated, office address 200 West Highway 6, Suite 400 in Waco, Texas, 76712.